Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. Today, you get to listen to somebody that was uh, with us in the in the early days, one of the OG podcast interviews that I got to do. She is somebody that I've known for a long time, and I've seen the iterations of her business. So it's really exciting for me to bring this to you so that you guys can hear how this woman did it and once again, be inspired to do that for yourself. Rennie of Sun and Salt Creative, welcome to Liberty Road. Oh, thanks. I'm so honored to be here today. Thank you. Of course. It's great to have you again. So since we last spoke, you've moved into a new role. You started out in branding. That was what we had talked about. And and by the way, that's still a great episode. Listeners, you should go listen to it. I think Rennie does a great job of breaking down what branding is and what it isn't. It's a wider net than most people cast around around branding. So go and listen to that. But today, you're here to tell us about your new business. So tell us a little bit about what Sun and Salt Creative is. It's changed a little bit since it started, but what we are today, and when I say we, I have a fabulous sidekick who's my mom, and we have a great time running a boutique little business, creating bespoke gifts, and we have a gifting company, and we really have a niche with realtors and professionals. So we do do gifts for the general public, people, showers, weddings, etc. But really, we found our groove in the real estate industry. And so that's what we're doing these days. When you talk about gifts, we're talking about the kind of thing that a realtor might give to their client after they sold a house or or after they purchased a home, whatever the, uh, the situation might be. And they're looking for something appropriate. They're typically called closing gifts. So um, we curate gifts for a realtor to give to their client who just bought a home Mm -hmm. or a realtor to give to their client who just sold a home. We also do a lot of referral gifts, thank you gifts. I mean, I feel like the real estate industry does a lot of gifting. So we, we make sure we facilitate beautiful gifts, totally personal, customized for their clients. And how did you settle on real estate? My husband and I owned a really successful staging company in 2000, from like 2004 to 2008. And um, we did really well. And then the market crashed. But I had met so many realtors through the staging company. And even when I was staging, realtors would come to me and say, oh, can you put something together, you know, to thank my clients? Just drop it off when you pull everything out of the house and unstage. So I started doing things then, not as detailed and as personal, but, you know, a gorgeous pot of plant or um, champagne in a basket or just something because the realtors wanted to show things. So I knew there was a need for it back then. But when I was running the staging business, I did not even have time to think about it. So 
couple businesses later, Sun and Salt Creative started as something else. And then around COVID pivoted to this. And I just started to reach out to some realtors thinking, what can I do that I don't have to have a lot of contact? And, you know, just reached out to a handful of realtors and it just went crazy from there. Because that business continued. In fact, a lot of people were sort of reconsidering where they were living and rethinking life in general. So that business continued through COVID, unlike so many. So therefore, you had a pipeline. And I started it right at a time when it started to go gangbusters. And then this last two years has just been phenomenal for the business. And and I never even anticipated that. I thought it was something I could do while I was at home during COVID. And and it just has done really well. Well, let's, okay, so let's back up a little bit because I want our audience to really know about your transition. And you and I have been able to talk a few times about those things. And you were very intentional about what you were doing and what you wanted to do next. And it was a lifestyle decision. It was a who do I want to be working with decision. So back us up a little bit and tell us that story. So in 2009, I had started um, a branding company. And this was, I honestly feel like this was way before branding got big amongst small boutique businesses. So I knew that there at that time that there was a bunch of amazing small businesses out there that couldn't afford to work with these huge marketing firms. And I was going to be that in between. So from 2009 until 2019, I had this branding company and, you know, it was a great 10 years, but I realized that I was no longer doing what I loved when I started the business. So of course, with every business, you know, you go through ups and downs, but we had expanded quite a bit. I had had three to four employees and then of course, contracted work with a bunch of other um, independent contractors. And I just found that what I was doing was turning into a manager of a business. And we had so many clients and we were doing really well, but I wasn't doing what I loved, which was the creative side of it. I had kind of outsourcing that because we were so busy that I was basically delegating my thoughts, my ideas to an amazing team. And it got to the point where I realized when I first started, I'd wake up in the morning and could not wait to go to work. I was like, I I can't wait for what this day brings. I'm so excited. And then by 2018, 2019, it was more like, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow or, you know, looking forward to Fridays and dreading Sundays, that kind of thing. And that's not where I wanted to be. Now, at this same time, I have a teenager who is in his last couple of years of high school and things started to shift with me a little bit more about what I wanted to be doing. And of course, I've said this to you, Netta, millions of times that in the middle of that 2009 to 2019 stint, I had connected with you and you, you'd really done this amazing job coaching me and elevating my business to where I wanted it to be and where I always imagined it to be. And I think I thought at the time, that's all I need. I just need to get to this point. Well, I got to that point and it was great, but then I realized, okay, I've done it. You know, it's kind of like I climbed the mountain and it's like, okay, I'm ready to go down. So That's where I was in 2019. I sold the company and a couple of the gals who worked for me bought it. And it's worked out great for all of us. And that's when I started Sun and Salt Studio, 
So it was Sun and Salt Studio before Sun and Salt Creative. So I kind of started Sun and Salt Studio towards the end of when I knew I was going to be getting rid of Bliss and Tell. And um, that was my old company name. And that's when Sun and Salt Studio started. And when it was Sun and Salt Studio, what was the intention? So Sun and Salt Studio came from all these things that I realized I was missing in my business. So my branding business was national. I even had some international clients and everything was not in person. I was missing like community. I was missing talking to people in person. And around this time, a really good friend of mine and a neighbor, we started going to workshops. You know, remember when pre-COVID, people would go to calligraphy workshops, flower workshops, you know, all these tie-dye workshops, et cetera. We would go to these workshops and I would come back like so inspired, so like happy just to be around other people, meeting people that you never would have met and then feeling like you're best friends with them after you do these workshops. And so my friend, Chelsea, and she's an amazing photographer here in San Diego, we both decided on the side, oh my gosh, there's this space downtown Oceanside. Let's rent it and turn it into this workshop studio. And we'll do this as a side hustle from our creative businesses. So we started that towards the end of 2016, had the best time, did really well, started to have community. And I realized then that that's where my heart was. This was when I still had my branding company, but I realized the joy now was facilitating these workshops, connecting creative women with other creative women, just being a part of the community and being a resource. It was everything that I was missing in the branding business. Yeah. Then in 2019, I went to renew our lease and I, you know, had all these demands (laughs) to my (laughs) landlord. I'm like, okay, I need more storage. We want this. We want this. I need another parking space, blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, well, I actually need to tell you that there's three people on the waiting list for your space right now at double the rent. Oh my gosh. So he said, you can sign a five-year lease. Your rent will still go up a thousand dollars, or you can do a year to your lease and your rent will, it was practically doubled. So I turned it down. Because yeah. I thought this is a workshop, little community business. This is not like this huge moneymaker. And I'm so glad I did because COVID hit. Can you believe that? No. And it, it I was really bummed. So there mm-hmm. was a time when Sun and Salt Studio closed, like maybe in November. And then I was like, oh, the holidays, whatever. I'll figure out what I'm going to do. Then there's COVID. And I still had all, had built these followers from Sun and Salt Studio and was thinking, how can I pivot. And then that's how I kind of just strung my local groupies along and and then pivoted into Sun and Salt Creative. And what I still love about it is I'm still working with amazing local small businesses. Yeah, It's not obviously as much community, but it's every joy that I had with Sun and Salt Studio. So Sun and Salt Creative is just me now. Chelsea is busier than ever with photography for weddings. So she's doing great. And I've kind of suckered my mom into 
helping me out and driving each other crazy and having a fun time running this business. And it having a a slightly different focus, as you talked about earlier, with realtors, with the gifting piece of it. What do you imagine to be next for Sun and Salt Creative? Do you imagine that you would be adding a studio now that we're sort of, looks like we're coming out of COVID? Or are you like, don't want to go back to that? You know, I knew when I was ending my stint with my branding company, I, and I had that time to kind of be like, where do I, what do I find joy in? And, and, and at one time, um, I was really driven as you know, Netta, when we were meeting years and years ago, I was driven by money. Mm. You know, I need to make this much. I wanted, this is how hard I work. This is how much I make. And, and like I said, I got there and did it. And then it still was like, that's it. Like, I thought it was going to be this big, huge, like, oh my gosh. But it was like, okay, I did it. So I knew that that was no longer a driving force for me. I knew what was a driving force for Sun and Salt, whether it was studio or creative, was my happiness, uh, working with people that I want to work with. I knew I did not want to have any employees and it didn't have anything to do with my past. It was just, I didn't want to turn into a manager. I wanted to be in complete control. I also knew I didn't want a space. I don't need overhead. Yeah. That is just for me, a pressure that sucks the joy out of everything I'm doing when I have to meet a certain amount to just pay the bills. I didn't want that. So I'm fortunate enough where I have a granny flat here at my house and I converted it into the studio. So I just really knew the things that I needed to keep me focused and happy in this business. And I was very clear on what those things were and I've stuck to it and it's been really good. When you ask the question, what's next for Sun and Salt Creative? Well, my mom and I, we took on some gifting projects over the holidays because we thought we could and we did, but we were like, yeah, we're never doing that again. Like we don't need to do that. It's just really good to be in a place where I can decide what works for me and what doesn't. Mm. And, and I'm in control versus a point where I was like, I wanted every single client. I wanted to get every single project. You know, I, it's just a different driving force. Yeah. Two things strike me as, as you're telling this story. One is the listener who is contemplating everything you're saying and still wants to do those things, still wants to make the money, still wants to have the agency, still wants to have the studio, you know, whatever that is for them, right? And I think what's interesting is that even if I told you years ago, back when I was um, consulting, oh, Rennie, you actually don't want a physical space or you don't want employees, you did. You did want those things. That's exactly what you wanted. Oh, I had to do it. I I absolutely had to do it. And I want our listeners to hear that, that so much of this, hence the name Liberty Road, is that we have to sort of travel that path and go through those things, not because they're like hard learning lessons, but they're things that satisfy the desires of the the time, time, right? And then the other thing that struck me that you said, which I think comes with age, and we're going to get to that conversation in a second, but that you weren't happy, that all of a sudden happy becomes this currency, joy fulfilled becomes this currency that we start to deal in. And money is not 
the primary exchange. Money's important. Money adds value to our lives. I don't think we should, it should be a shameful thing. It validates sometimes the work that we're doing, but it is not the only currency that we're dealing in. And I think it's so, there's so much wisdom in hearing you say that and then thinking, what, okay, what does that mean for each of us listening? So thank you for saying that. Again, I've seen you. I know when money was a priority, it wasn't like, you were money hungry. It was, I want to do these things so I can add value to my family. My son is going to get ready to go to college. Like all these things were important to you that were meaningful at the time and and are still meaningful, but it's like you're coming at it from a different point of view. There's another thing. I said there were only two, but there's another (laughs) thing that strikes me that when you say, I wanted control, sometimes when we want to control things because we're perfectionists or we're, we've got control issues or whatever that is. But what I hear you saying is I wanted to be creative. I wanted to control the outcome because what you lost when you were running the branding agency and it really started to grow and you had all these employees was you lost being attached to that thing that was the outcome you were giving your clients, right? What you were giving them was like, you were the client relationship manager, you were the CEO, you were the ops person, you were the uh, human resource person. Um, And there's something about when we are creative, and we're all creative in some way, being attached to that, that work that that is the end result becomes so meaningful. And when we distance ourselves from that, and there's a more and more of a gap, I think we start to feel like, what am I actually doing here? Right. Well, and I want to say too, back to your point about when I thought making money was the most important, I still make money now, Yeah. but I, I actually probably am doing better these days because I don't have three full-time employees and two independent contractors. Your takeaway itself. Right. And and I don't have the expenses of everything that goes with having a business that, not that it was huge, but a bigger business than just myself. The thing is too, is that I, I was really always happy. Even when I was earning a lot of money, I was happy. Mm-hmm. But what I realized is my definition of happy, like you had mentioned, had yeah. changed. And again, that comes with age, which I know we're going to touch on. But, yeah. you know, of course, I I think that being older and things happening in your life and settling into how your life is versus when you're in your 30s, in your 40s, you're always like, someday, someday when I do this, someday when we do this, someday when you get this house or what, someday, someday, someday. Right. And I think in 2000. 16, 17, I was like, holy crap, there is no more someday. This is like, <laughs> I'm, I'm in it. This I'm is in it. happening now. Like, there's no more someday when we do this or when I get to this point. I've, I'm there. And now yeah. this is it. So it was kind of like, I knew then I needed a different type of happiness. No, I, I appreciate that. I think the we are there, that someday is now we're in it it gives us a very different perspective. One, it puts us in uh, kind of in the driver's seat. I remember for a long time, I was like, someone's going to come along, realize how fabulous I am (laughs) and like catapult me into some sort of stratosphere, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm the person (laughs) who's going to, who's got to do that. Yeah. And, And that sort of hits you all around the same time. 
you know, I think I always associated a midlife crisis with like a man who wanted a sports car, you know, right. and a yep. and a trade in for a younger wife. And I didn't really think about what that was going to mean for me. And it didn't feel like a crisis. It felt like this creative desire, this mm-hmm. cre- something that was like, oh, there's something Like a more. light switch went on. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And so as you talk about that, that's what I hear. I hear that you were like, okay, I'm actually in control of this happiness and this right. narrative. The other thing that you said that I I cannot stress enough is the the piece around, I was, I'm making the same amount of money. It's the overhead that I don't have. Sometimes we get so caught up in the bigger is better. And people do realize, like I've sat with people, I've sat with their numbers, I've sat with their books, and I've said, do you realize that you you might be making a million dollars, but do you realize that your take home is only X? Yeah. And they're so caught up in the revenue generation of the whole thing that they don't actually realize where the profitable piece comes in or where the take home piece comes in. So to your point, I think sometimes it's not about bigger is better. And sometimes it's like, what am I actually putting in my pocket? And how can I streamline things and be strategic with the work I'm doing and be efficient with the way we're spending money? Right. And it sounds like that's what you've been able to do. Yep. And that's why I think it worked out for me to sell the branding company. That's not the joy of business for me anymore. It used to be really exciting and fun and whatever, but it's like, okay, I don't care about that stuff anymore. I want to do things that are fun for me, bring me joy, things I love to do. And managing all that stuff was just never it. So it's, it was, I had to go through it, like you said, and I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. I do not regret anything. And I learned so much about customer service. I learned about running a business, networking with everything you can learn when you run your own business. I needed to go through that so that with this business, I'm very clear on what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do, what I don't want to do. And it's been so good because I'm so clear. What are the things that your branding background, what were you able to pull into Sun and Salt Creative? Obviously my creativity. um, You know, I just to kind of toot my own horn, but I feel like, you know, someone could give me a rock and I could make it something that somebody wanted. (laughs) What I pulled from the branding company, obviously, is like understanding the end experience. I mean, that's really what branding is all about, is this customer experience of your company. So that I brought over. Um, And of course, like all the tech stuff, I learned so much from the girls that worked with me. A lot of little side things have really been beneficial. And again, what I also brought over is just the clear vision of how I want this business to work for me. So Rennie, I'm curious, what's a very particular lesson that you're like, I'm not going to do that again? When I had the branding agency, I was really driven by reaching the most amount of people possible, getting the most amount of projects on my calendar, um, working with people nationally. When I defined how I wanted Sun and Salt Creative to work for me and for my mom, I realized that keeping it small was actually super intentional. And I realized that being a small gifting business locally 
forced me to keep it small. I don't need to reach out to anybody outside of this 15 mile range of where my studio is because all of my clients pick up from me or I do close delivery. So it's been really great because the stress of social media, the stress of doing all this mass marketing, stress of doing ads, it's just very intentional by keeping this business small and curated, if you, if, you, if you will, the way we want it to be makes it fine that I have yeah. low numbers on my social media following, or I don't have to do ads. All I have to do is send an email to my list of 100 realtors and connect with them. So intentionally keeping it small yeah. has been so great. That's one thing that I've learned is that you know, by having, again, these set guidelines of how I need this business to work for me has all these other great things. And it seems like you also are able to satisfy that group. Often we just are like, we're chasing the new person and we're like, what about all the people that are right there? What about the hundred realtors that you have? What about the following that you already have on Instagram? They're there. Right. Give them something. Yeah, that's all I need. And sure, I have some realtors that stop working with me. And then that's fine because I meet Five more the next time, you know, I'm at a function or I go deliver a gift at a real estate office and they're like, oh my gosh, give me your card. So keeping it small was like an outcome of, you know, this ideal business and it's worked out really well and it's been very intentional and um, it's so nice. I'm glad you said that. I think a lot of people are going to find freedom in that because we are so numbers driven, not just on the financial side, but around social media in particular. And everyone's talking about the algorithm and how to beat it. And sometimes we just need to sit back and say, let's just serve the people who are there. Don't forget them. And Rennie, are you inventorying things that are giftable items that like, how, how does it work that when the realtor comes to you, are you like, well, this is my assortment of things that I can gift? Are you creating things that are unique every time? It's a mix of both. So what I really take pride in is Sun and Salt Creative is really about like slow living, eco-conscious products, small businesses, female owned companies working with um, like minimal packaging, never shipping if it's possible. I like to pick up local. So we really just try to keep it super low key and like eco-friendly. So I do have inventory of local vendors that I can pick up locally. So I do have a lot of things on hand, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I just curate along the way, you know, we'll go to like flea markets or we'll go to estate sales and I'll find beautiful vintage baskets. I try to reuse and repurpose as much as possible. So it's a mix really, but I'd say the busier that I am, I do need to have things here on hand because I'm turning things around really quickly. Right. So the good thing is that because I'm working with realtors, they're one off gifts that are curated. So nothing has to be the same. So I just tell them, look, you're going to get a container that's reusable. I don't know what it is, but trust me, it's going to be fine. And you're going to, your client's going to love it. And so nobody really gets to say what they want in these gifts. They're relying on you. They just have to trust that I am going to do a good job and we're going to create something beautiful. And that's another one of the things that I is like the defining um, things that I have to have in my business is you've got to trust me. 
And that's one thing I learned with my branding company that the worst client projects were when they did not trust Mm. me. Mm. And Mm. so right off the bat, if I've got a client that's like, could I see this? Could you do that? I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to (laughs) work. Like, tell me your budget. And I promise you'll be wowed. And they have to trust me. If not, we can't work together. (laughs) Did that come with, I mean, I'm going to walk us now into the age conversation. Did that just come with age? Because I can't imagine, honestly, and no shade to my 20-year-old friends, but if a 20-year-old said, trust me, depending on what, maybe if it was a technology thing, I would say, okay. But I would be like, I know what I want. So if, when you say, trust me, I'm thinking, okay, this woman, she knows something. She probably knows something that I don't, right? Do you feel like that's worked in your favor? It's definitely an age and experience feeling. Yeah. I've learned that when I don't go into a project feeling good about it, it's not going to be good for anybody. It's, it's going to be a waste of time for me, for them. And so, or for my client, and I learned that from the branding company that, you know, in order to do my best work and Mm -hmm. be the most creative and curate something beautiful, I have to have the space to do that. Mm. And I, I don't want to sound like, you know, one of those artsy fartsy, I'm a creative artist and you know, whatever I do obviously want to work within someone's budget and within some basic guidelines, but the bottom line is like, at this point, I don't have time. And this is the age thing, probably, you know, I just don't have time to dilly dally around. You either are all in or I'm all out. And that has also worked really well. And I obviously don't speak to the clients in this tone that like shape up or ship out. But um, (laughs) I let them know in a really nice way, like, hey, you know what, the projects work best if you just trust us. And if you're unhappy in the end, you don't need to work with us. But really, just trust us, you're going to be really pleased with the outcome. So that definitely has come from those years of trying to please this person, please that, make them happy, do this, do that. And if I'm not a good fit for you, there's so many other gifting companies out there that are so that they just might not be my client. Of course, that took 10 years of having a branding company to realize. Yeah, you don't actually want to be for everybody. Uh-oh. Otherwise, it, you're, you're not really offering anybody anything meaningful. You really want to be specific. My mom and I, we tried to do some other big, huge quantity gifting projects. We had a couple corporate companies reach out to us for some like 150 to 185 gifts, like two different wow. projects. Wow. And we took it on during the holidays and the income was great. The process was great, but we were just pumping out. Like we became like an assembly line and we're on our, we're on our feet all day, just putting trinkety stuff that really wasn't thoughtful and super beautiful. And it was more just like to meet a quota and a budget of this client. And we were like, yeah, that's not, that's not for us. We're not doing that again. And we needed to do that to then come back to our original, like, does it feed us and serve us in these ways? And those projects do not. And I, I won't take those anymore. Not that I have like thousands of people. Knocking no, on but, the it, door, but, but it took doing them. And even, you know, I have to believe that when the client gets this beautiful basket from their realtor, that they might even be like, oh, who's this person? Can she work with me? And then you, it's on you to be like, no, 
yep. I'm not available for X, Y, Z, or yes, I am. Right. And to understand what that growth can be like. Also, going back to your branding agency, it's really helpful to say, we are here for realtors. That is what we do. And to brand yourself, again, it's more than the logo. It's more than the colors. It's like, who do you serve and how do you serve them is part right. of the brand. And so it's really helpful for you guys to, to do that. Having said that, do you imagine yourself expanding at any point beyond realtors? Well, we do work with professionals. I should say realtors and professionals. Okay, so sorry, like, maybe I missed that. Yeah, okay. no, I have a like I have a landscape architect who okay. works with me after every finished project. So it's the same type of gifting concept. Right. Like we finished this large project. Thank you. It could be a contractor. It could be anybody. That's, right. That, like right. That. Like okay. I can do some onboarding gifts for like an accounting company when they bring on new accountants or a finance right. company. We'll do like welcome to working with us. We look forward to managing right. your money type thing. So I work with professionals and some smaller corporate projects because the one thing with this gifting company that we've realized why it works to work with professionals is because there's not a direct personal connection between the giver and the receiver. Mm. When I was doing like Mother's Day is coming up and I, I, we definitely get a ton of calls for Mother's Day. Sure. But here's what happens. My mom, she only drinks tea. She doesn't like pink. She only wants roses and da, da, da. And then we just basically become this like personal shopper and just Right. It's still beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But because there's that personal connection, that's when the giving becomes complicated. Yeah. But when it's from like a realtor to a client or a landscape architect to a homeowner, you know, their client, it's the stuff we do is very personalized and feels very custom. But that personal connection is out of it. So we can really have a lot more room for what we're curating in the gift. I love that you know not just the business that you want to be, but how you want to spend your time. And often we hear people say, or I hear people say, you know, I want to build this. I want to have that. I want to have a cupcake shop. And at the end of the day, they're doing accounting and buying sugar and flour and managing employees, and they haven't made a cupcake in years. And, <laughs> yeah. and, it's, so, and it's so nice to be like, no, actually what I want to do is not just own a cupcake shop. I want to make cupcakes. And so you are being true to not just the clients that you want to work with, but the work that you want to do. What do I want to be doing on a day-to-day -day basis? How do I want to satisfy the client? How do I want my creativity to work? And so it's like what you're actually managing is how you're spending your time. And what I want to add to that too is that when I was younger and the other businesses I had, I always thought I had to have like this gorgeous studio space or I had to have this place where customers could come and see how things are to give this impression of, you know, what it's like to work with me, et cetera. Right. This time around, like I, like I've said, I've, I've made sure that it works for me. Like I make people come pick up their stuff. They don't ever see me. I basically have this like painted white shabby chic armor outside my studio and it just says, pick up your gifts here <laughs> with an arrow. And they open it up and, you know, I just set their stuff out there in the beginning of the day and they come by and pick it up whenever. But these are actually things that my clients think are cool because yeah. they're like, it's so easy. I don't have to go into this busy downtown business district, find yeah. parking. Walk, you know, I can come over to your house in my jammas, 
park in your driveway. We never see each other. They like these things. They, they, yeah. they actually think these things make me feel more exclusive to them or like I'm this hidden gem. I was going to say a hidden gem. Yeah. It's charming and it's it part of the brand, right? It is. And it's actually worked. Like I said, it has these secondary, like not repercussions, but what is the word? Like factors that yeah. I never even thought about that work in my favor. You know, so when I realized when you're doing things that are in line with your vision as a business owner and what you want to do, there's lots of good that comes from it that will um, come from your clients, that will come from your product. And, you know, it's not like my way or no way. It's just like my way and everything else just works out. You've already said so many things that are, it's clearly a part of the stage of life that you're in. But what are the things that you've seen change in you as you have aged into what you're doing now? What's been informed by this stage of life in terms of the work that you're doing? I would say that, you know, obviously with age comes that experience, right? The journey that you go through. And I think that in all of my different businesses, there was always something that I saw as like, I got to get to that point. And I got there. And I'm not saying that all of my businesses were bajillion dollar, you know, moneymaker businesses. I never failed at anything in my view, but just reaching those points I kind of was like, okay, done, next, what's next? And so I think that my age now has just given me a different perspective, but I had to go through what I went through to know what I want and what I don't want. Like, I do not want to feel that way again. I do not want to this. So I had all these like very clear stipulations of how I was going to be in this next chapter of my life. And again, it, it is where I'm at with my age and I, love where I'm at with my age, because I feel like, you know, when I was in my 30s and late 20s, when I started my first business, I never would have known any of this. You know, it's just like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So being at this stage in my life, being 50, it's amazing. I love it. I, I even loved being in my, you know, 40s, because I was on a path to where things became very clear of what I needed for me. When I first started out my businesses, I was working to prove to people that I could do this or to, you know, to show my husband, look, I can be a, this, you know, professional and I can bring in this amount of money to the household and to debt. Well, that did it, done it, been there. And now it's just like, okay, this is very clear of what I need to do for me. But it would have never been that way at 20 or 25. You know, it, I yeah. had to go through that. Yeah. And you're right. It's something that you have to go through. Nobody can shorten the distance or the pain or the joy, right? Like you have to go through those things. Right. They're intended for us. They're by design. Right. And I wanted to add one more thing. My mom. So my mom retired, I think, in 2018. And my mom worked her whole life. She was just such a crazy giver. And um, so when I had Sun and Salt Studio, my mom had kind of retired and she was having fun doing stuff with the studio and me. And it's kind of like, I realized too, that I, I have such a fabulous relationship with my mom Mm. and I can't imagine doing this without her. 
And she teases and says, oh, I, I don't really do anything with the business or, you know, I'm just your workhorse or whatever, you know, but really she's like my go-to person for everything. And I, I knew in 2019 that that's how it had to be. I had to do something and wanted to do something that my mom and I could do together. And so if my mom was not doing this with me, I could do it and it would be fine. But the joy, the true joy is being with my mom Wow! and doing this with my mom and like arguing with my mom and, you know, shopping with my mom and curating. I mean, it's, it's just so good to have a partner like that. We're dinosaurs. So we can't go to round top for three weeks <laughs> on our feet and go shopping. Like my mom and I are like, okay, let's figure this out. How's this going to work for us? And And that's always a factor, like what's going to work for my mom and I, how is this going to be fun? How are we going to get the most out of what we're doing? And, and so that's a huge factor in Sun and Salt Creative as well. What a gift, a mutual gift. I mean, a gift for her to know that her daughter wants to work with her, wants to spend time with Does her. Does she want to spend time with me? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I'm like, I never asked my mom how she feels about it's working okay. with me. I, I'm, but. Sure, I'm sure the answer is in her showing up every day. It's a yes. That's awesome. Well, speaking of your mom, and how old is your mom? Do you mind me asking? Like 100. Okay. So she's not really a hundred, but she's like a hundred. She's like, I think she's, oh gosh, I want to say like 72. Okay. Let's call it 72. So you're seeing what she's doing after retirement. You're seeing the joy that she's getting out of this, both in the two of you spending time together, but in her sort of getting her creativity out, right? It's got some place to go and some, and some place to, to thrive. What would you say from your vantage point and a little bit from your mom's to somebody who came to you, a friend, a peer who said, I retired from that business or I'm burnt out. I don't want to do whatever I did professionally anymore. Or even as an entrepreneur, I'm done with this and you know I'm too old to start again. I'm a relic. Yeah. What do you say to her? I would say to don't rush anything. Mm-hmm. Um, follow what feels good. And the rest will follow. And I know that's like so cliche. Everyone's like, do what you love and yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and to some degree, I mean, it's still work. Even if you're doing what you love, you st- it's still a ton of work. So it's not like happy, happy, joy, joy every day. But I would say that you might surprise yourself. My mom came from being like an HR director, executive position for years and years and years. And now she's tying bows and like yeah. things that she probably never thought that she would be doing. Um, But she's also bringing some things from her background. Like she does a lot of our copywriting. She Mm. is, my mom is an excellent wordsmith. She is really good at numbers. So she, she does a lot of that stuff that I'm not great at in a capacity that she probably never thought she would. So I would say find opportunities, even if they're outside of your box, and follow them, chase, do them. And then you can look back and go, Ooh, that totally felt good. Or, Oh, that was just totally weird. That is not something I would do. Again, gifting is not anything I ever thought of. I never thought that I would have a gifting business, but we just kind of went down some paths, did some things because it was during COVID and we didn't have anything else really to do. So it's like, why not? You, you just can't, be stuck in this, like, well, I've been a dental hygienist my whole life. What am I going to do? You have to 
go, hey, I'm going to try this. You might surprise yourself. You got to follow your gut. Do not use your head. What is your gut telling you? Do what feels good. Surprise yourself. And you just never know. Yeah. I think, yeah, that, that curiosity piece is key. What are you curious about? Follow that path and see what happens. Well, and I think the age thing has a lot to do with it too, because I think when you're younger, you have all these fears like, well, what if this, what if that? Yeah. At this point, I'm like, okay, what do I have to lose? Like, <laughs> you know, there's no skin off my back if this does not work, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that again, this is where age is good because you're just in a different mindset. Yeah. You're there to your yeah. earlier point. <laughs> yeah. It's not someday. It's right. right now. Right. Thank you for that. I, I, I know that people are going to hear that and it's going to trigger something in them that's like, yes, what am I curious about? What do I want? How can I take those skills or those things that Rennie has shared and just taught me that and apply them to us, myself in a meaningful way? But before I let you go, what is a maybe a recent hack or a book or a practice or something that you're doing that you're like, I tell all my friends 40 and over, they've got to, okay. I can tell you've got something you're like well, waiting to tell me. I'm not a reader. So that yeah. kind of stinks. I don't have a book, but I realized a few years ago, I went and um, I was doing like a photo shoot. This was like five or six years ago. And the makeup gal who did my makeup was like, oh, you should consider Botox. You know, you've got these lines and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, I do like, I do need to consider Botox, but I was like, I don't want to get into that. So I decided I'm just going to age gracefully like the French women. And I follow a couple French women bloggers and they turned me on to cold pressed coconut oil for my skin. Mm. So I had like products, you, the serums, the, this, the, that, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's done amazing stuff for me, but I'm going to say cold pressed coconut oil on my face, on clean face, morning and night has been so awesome for my skin. It's been great. That's my hack. I'm addicted to coconut oil. It's like, I just, it's, and it's so inexpensive and there's so many great properties about coconut oil and it's like, you can get it over the counter or you can use a really good, you know, brand if you want, but it's been my whole jam since like 45 well, and we're looking at you, so oh. we see the proof is in the pudding. Thank That's you. awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and what's your favorite ice cream flavor? I am a mocha chip. Yeah, I'm all about the coffee. Ice Me cream, too. So mocha That's- chip all the way. That's a that's a good one. Yeah. And then cold pressed coconut oil aside, what do you think is your favorite thing about this stage of life? I think that what's really great is that um, I don't really have any wants. Mm. You know, I feel like when I was younger, I always wanted something, you know, I want to get to this point, I want to have my forever home, I want to have my whatever these wants are. And I don't have any. And it feels so good to just be like, you know, or like, or be at a flea market, no longer want that artwork and just be like, no, my walls are filled, done. Let's, you know, like I just don't have any wants and it feels really good because then you can just enjoy and be. So both personally and professionally, I just don't have very many things that I want. I get the feeling that that's a part of who you are though, that you are grateful for the things that you have. Yeah. And I think it begins there because we can all look around and 
and view ourselves um, from a space of what we don't have, what we desire, what somebody else has. Right. You know, and they say the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. Yeah, exactly. And and it sounds like you kind of come from that place that you understand that there's something deep inside of you that that gets that. Yeah. And so then you can look around and say, what I have is not only enough, it's lovely and I'm enjoying it and I'm grateful for it. Yes. If you were, and maybe you just said it, but if you were mentoring your younger self and you said, hey, Rennie, let me just give you this word of advice about midlife, what would you say to her? Uh, I would just say, you know, do stuff. Just do it. Because like I said, like where I'm at now, I don't have as many fears of failing or I don't know if I could do that or doubting myself. I said to my mom, like, if this whole thing, you know, just shut down tomorrow, would we care? And my mom's like, no, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we wouldn't because, you know, we would, we would find another path and we'd find right. something else that brought us joy. And also getting to the point where your son is graduating and you feel like you've done a lot of the things that you've wanted with him for him. You've kind of been able to, and it hasn't been perfect, I'm sure, but you've been able to manage that other piece of being a wife and a mother in a way that feels satisfying or meaningful to you. So last question, how has launching Sun and Salt Creative liberated you? It's liberated me in the sense that I don't have any strings or I don't have any attachments. I don't, Sun and Salt Creative is, it is what it is. And I'm, Hmm. I'm happy with it. I, Hmm. of course, always want to do better. I always want to make the experience better. I always want to have lovely products and maybe be at, you know, the forefront of this gift giving in my neck of the woods, but that's all fun. There's no pressure there. It's purely Mm -hmm. what I want it to be. I think that that's what I, that's what's liberated me is just, you know, it is what it is. And I I can enjoy every minute of it and I can make it what I want. Yeah. And it's kind of freedom. It sounds like Sun and Salt Creative is a product of you. You are not a product of it. And I I think for so many of us, and when we're pursuing something, we become synonymous with that thing and our own identity can be lost in it. And it sounds like you're very clear on who you are, right. what you want, what satisfies you and brings you joy. And this is a product of of that for now. Yep, absolutely. I am so glad we had this conversation. Thank you because, so much, Netta. Oh my gosh, it's it's my pleasure. But I just think that what you're saying is so unique from so many of the other people that we interview and we interview amazing women. But I think it's so important for women to hear this very specific story, your particular story, because there is so much freedom in it. And it uh, it allows for this, call it second act or whatever you wanna call it, it allows for them to really put themselves at the center and say, what is it that I want to do? How do I want to serve? How do I want to impact or influence the world in a way that's meaningful to me and serves me and my family? And I think sometimes we can be overwhelmed with that. And you've given us a very practical way 
at looking at that, both in the day-to-day and what we do, but also in the bigger picture of who we are. So thank you. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm glad I was able to do that. It's been a joy. Well, it's been a joy for me and Liberty listeners. I have a feeling it's been a joy for you. Rennie, thank you for being with us. Well, thank you so much. I love you so much. I love you too. And it's great to see you even on Zoom. Liberty listeners, thank you guys for hanging out with Rennie and I for this session. And we will be back next week. We'll talk to you guys then. Bye. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham and music by Jordan Flower.